0: (laughs) Welcome to Life in the Land of the Ice and Snow. My guest today is Leo, originally from Los Angeles. Correct. Yes, so give me a little background. I know absolutely nothing about you. Well,
1: uh, my name is Leo. I am a man uh, and I come from Los Angeles.
0: (laughs) Got it, we're done. And I live in
1: Sweden now, (laughs) here in Stockholm.
0: So when did you move to Sweden and why?
1: I moved here eight years ago and I moved here for work. There was a, a job opening at a company and I couldn't say no what what
0: type of work was it
1: it was for product management um i work in the musical instruments business and mm-hmm. um, they needed somebody to manage their hardware products so they asked if i would be interested in moving to sweden in november <laughs> and i didn't know anything so i said yes and wow I guess I liked it enough because I'm still here eight years later.
0: You must have because, (laughs) again, I still say November and maybe January February, the absolute worst months. I
1: I totally agree with you. I think uh, November is just like the darkest, coldest month and there's no snow yet. No, yeah. It's a miserable slog.
0: At least when the snow comes, it lightens things up a little bit. And even though you know what's coming afterwards, Mm -hmm. at least it's pretty.
1: Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) February is like a second sort of dip because February is the coldest month of the year. And that's just, it is just cold. But especially if you're from Southern California like me.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you because LA is uh, extremely sunny most of the time. So it's got to be quite a shock to immediately jump into November when it's so dark here.
1: Yeah, I actually, you know what it is, but I tell people it's actually the best month to move here because... Once you're here in November, like you basically, you're at the bottom of the, the trough and you're just going to work your, you're, you're going to work your way up to the glorious summer.
0: Yeah. It only gets better from there. It
1: it really does. It basically, <laughs> if you can handle November through June, July, then, then you start cashing in with the, the, the glorious summer. Then you're good to go for the rest of the year.
0: What were some of the things that you noticed as soon as you moved that were difficult or for me, uh, just the language was so difficult that I would say the stupidest things and buy things that were completely wrong.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I had difficulty. I mean, I I think I get kind of a free pass because I'm from the States and I think when you're from the States, you kind of can get away with a lot of faux pas and just saying and doing weird things. Yeah, that's true. um, People here for whatever reason, seem to like people from the States. So um, I, I feel like I can just say the, the stupidest things and people are like, oh, that's cool. Like, uh, the <laughs> California <laughs> guy here, come talk to us. <laughs> come hang out with us. So um, so there's that. Um, the thing that kind of hit me was that how quiet it is here. Like people don't do small talk in this country. No. And I used to think I'm like a strong, silent type. Like, oh, I don't need to do small talk. You know, I'm so quiet and strong and all this, but man, I miss it. (laughs) Every, every time I go back to see my folks, just see friends and family in, in the States, it's like, I feel like I'm breathing in air again, like everybody's just talking and, and everybody's just talking about stupid stuff all the time, but, but I, I g- miss it.
0: I get an idea that that's an L.A. thing, too, is that and people constantly make small talk. They're kind of known for it. And I think I, so. I think what irritates a lot of Swedes about it is that they feel like that's not sincere. You it do- isn't.
1: But that's not <laughs> now-
0: the point. <laughs> It's more of just a cultural, hey, how you doing? Nice to see you kind of thing. Exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a it's a strange thing. Like, I, I used to think, oh, why do we even bother with this small talk and sort of informal nothing conversation? But I think, you know, I like it when the waiter or waitress asks, like, hey, how's your day? How are you doing today? Yeah. W- what can I get for you? you know?
0: Somebody's interested in me. Yeah, even though, no, then... they're not. They want their tip, but
1: still. Fair point. But I mean, you know, like, I... I still appreciate it. And the weird thing is, I think Swedes really appreciate it too when they're in the state. So, like, all my Swedish friends, when they're in New York or California or wherever else for work, they come back and they're like, oh man, the service there is so friendly. Everyone's like super nice. And like, (laughs) maybe they're doing it for the tips or maybe they're just really nice. I don't know, but I feel really good when I'm there. Like, I feel like I'm taken care of when I'm sitting down at a diner or a restaurant.
0: Yeah. It's half tips and and half just friendly people in general. And that's how a lot of people are raised over there to constantly talk all the time, which can be good and can be bad.
1: That's true. I mean, it's like
0: in europe when you travel you can hear the americans immediately because they Mm -hmm. never shut up
1: it's true (laughs) the americans the canadians aren't aren't far behind to be honest they like to talk australians (laughs) like to talk too
0: The Swedes like to tell me that uh, Sweden is pretty much geographically the exact same size as California, Mm -hmm. but it's quite different because—and I wrote down the numbers. Mm -hmm. So let's see: we've got population of California, thirty-nine point five million.
1: Up to thirty-nine, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's gone up. That's two thousand seventeen.
1: Yeah, last I checked, it was thirty-six.
0: Ah, it's growing. And uh, Swedish population is almost to ten million now. Almost ten, yeah. It was nine when I moved, so it's growing too. Yeah. LA is 4 million while Stockholm is 960,000. Yeah. Yeah. So it's quite a difference when you have the same geographical size, Mm -hmm. but you've got a lot of nothing in Sweden, forests, lakes. And I mean, you have some nice natural things in California, but it is very crowded. We're
1: pretty spoiled in California. I have to say like every time I go back especially now. Like, I've been living here for eight years now, uh-huh. so I, I I didn't take any of this like, I took it all for granted when I was living there. Like, the fact that you can go skiing or snowboarding in the morning and surfing in the evening. Yeah, Literally, I'm so it's jealous. all in the same state. It's like a few hours away. The fruits and vegetables are all grown locally, and they're like super top-notch tomatoes and avocados and things.
0: That's the thing here. If you want avocados, it's so difficult to find good ones.
1: Good ones, yeah. They're all hard as a rock, mm-hmm. and the seed is just kind of giant and it's like it's kind of rubbery and not very good and tomatoes too tomatoes here basically taste like cardboard yeah there's
0: <laughs> hardly any flavor we go to yeah. southern countries and it's just amazing with yeah. the, the taste
1: if you've been to France or Italy and you have a tomato there it's oh, just like a revelation yeah. like oh this is what it's supposed to taste like you can get some of that in California too but um, here it's um, yeah it's, it's a little bit more difficult but you know Stockholm has a lot of really good things that I love like the fact that you can walk everywhere that we both walked here to this mm-hmm. to this studio to do this thing. You know, you can't really do that in LA. Like if you don't have a car in LA, you're kinda stuck. You know? Yeah,
0: that's what I've heard because it's a very spread out city.
1: It is a sprawl, yeah. Like I've I've lived all over LA and there was a time I lived in, in Santa Monica and I had friends in like Glendale and Pasadena and I would literally see them a few times a year. Yeah. <laughs> just because nobody wants to drive the the distances
0: you're moving you're not my friend anymore
1: (laughs) kind of you literally lose touch with people in your own town like close friends that are in your own town just because they're on the other side of the town and it's it's too much of a hassle no one just gets together for a cup of coffee like hey what are you doing you want to meet later on like in an hour or two have a cup of coffee somewhere that's hard to do unless you both live in the same part of L.A. But here it's like I regularly meet people for a cup of coffee on short notice and it's it's easy to do that here. And I like Yeah, that.
0: it's it's a big city but it's a smallish big city. It, mm-hmm. It's walkable, it's kind of compact and mm-hmm. it took me a while to understand that you could walk the whole city in an hour. The totally. actual city-city part. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I think it's amazing and in the summer I usually try to ride my bike or if I have time yeah. I walk wherever I'm going. And I don't even live in the city, I live right outside of it. Right, but it still it works, especially if I'm going to the south side.
1: Totally, yeah. It's uh, riding a bicycle around the city has it, it's an undiscovered kind of joy for me. Uh The fact that, yeah, you can just buy a bike, like a cheap small bike and ride it around and like get to work or see your friend and you don't have to take the metro or a bus
0: or or walk. I mean, for me, I I grew up uh, outside of Houston and it was all cars. And when Mm -hmm. I moved, it was amazing for me to be able to take public transportation or to Mm -hmm. walk somewhere because it's like, oh, I don't have to focus and deal with the road and other traffic and things. But I have to say on the bike, I just started this summer riding my bike to work only because they were repairing the subway. Mm -hmm. So it was chaos with all the people crowded in right during the summer so i thought well i just try to ride my bike instead but i am the clumsiest person and i get so nervous and i fall down quite a lot
1: Oy, okay well <laughs> but
0: yeah. i was getting in very good shape so <laughs> <laughs> that was a bonus
1: <laughs> yeah be careful out there i mean yeah,
0: i skin off a bit of things but yeah. yeah
1: i do appreciate here i have family in denmark too and so like huh. i appreciate the scandinavian societies set, seem to have like protected bike lanes everywhere they're kind of like they're kind of big on that they they want to make sure that if you're riding a bike you're safe so mm. more so in denmark than here but i like that in la like i wouldn't <laughs> dare i have friends that do bike from part of la to another part of la
0: but, but they have a death wish, or
1: <laughs> I, I don't have that kind of I don't have that kind of courage. Like I, you
0: know. <laughs> no, I mean it, it is if you are a person who rides a bike regularly, it is an easy city to get around in because there's a lot of bike lanes. But if mm-hmm. you're an idiot like me mm-hmm. who hasn't done anything, then you end up going the completely wrong direction in the bike lanes <laughs> and not understanding how to turn at, at yeah. lights. But I'm learning. Well, you're learning. <laughs> you're, you're, you'll get there. I, I learned that I'm wrong when everyone starts staring at me. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, what is it I'm doing that no one else is doing?
1: And this being Sweden, they will never uh, say anything. They'll just stare at you and... Yeah. You'll, you'll have to get the hint eventually that, oh wait, maybe I'm maybe I'm doing something awkward here.
0: <laughs> it was I, I would ride over the big bridge that is outside this studio, mm-hmm. and the first time I didn't know that if you're going one direction, you should be on one... I mean, I should have. It's like a car. Yeah. You have to be on one side or the other, and I, I was on the wrong side because I just happened to come from that way. Right. And I just kept thinking, why why am I the only why one on everyone this? Everyone going in
1: the other direction <laughs> yeah. and staring at me.
0: Yes, everyone stared at me and no one would say a thing. Yeah. And I was so So happy a couple of months later when I was going home on the correct side of the bridge Mm -hmm. that some idiot just like me was going the wrong way and looked very (laughs) confused. I was like, yes, it's not just me. I'm not the only one. (laughs) There's others. Yes. (laughs) So you work currently, let's see, I wrote down the name of your company. Okay. Let's see. Strange Science Instruments. Yes. So tell me what you do and about uh, your building instruments. Yeah, oh.
1: that is a small startup. It's, um, it's a thing I started with my brother in California. And it's it's been kind of a small side business that we've been running for several years now. And we make synthesizers and modules for synthesizers. So it's pretty technical. I don't know how deep you want to get into it, but.
0: Not too deep, only because my husband is a huge fan of synthesizers. <laughs> okay. And I don't even know how many we have. They're coming and going all the time and if he listens to this i'm sorry but i don't want him to keep buying more stuff that's okay
1: (laughs) i want him to keep buying more of my stuff man that's uh, that's good for me
0: yeah but you have i look today you have a youtube channel where you demonstrate some of these
1: yeah so um as part of it's not really part of strange science it's just it's my own personal Kind of hobby is to teach i think it's it's fun to teach people what you know yeah
0: that's great especially with synthesizers they're so much fun pretty
1: much yeah complicated but playing (laughs) them it's fun building them which is what i sort of teach on my channel like how to you know solder things together and build things and repair old synths and i feel like i'm at a point in my career in my life where like i've done a lot of different jobs and i have stuff that I can teach other people like I can pass it on to others and so I started this channel thinking oh I'll get a few people watching and like you know eight nine months later I've got I just passed 9 thousand subscribers
0: wow which is a lot
1: <laughs> like I I thought I was gonna have like a few hundred subscribers at this yeah point. so it's it's growing and people seem to really appreciate what I do and they they seem to be getting something out of it and like learning how to solder things or repair things and I, I think that's really cool
0: yeah I, I know uh, that people who work with synthesizers and who have that as a hobby Mm -hmm. um that they are very much into watching videos about new ways to do things or new kind of instruments
1: totally yeah yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I, I find myself watching YouTube videos about things I know nothing about. But, yeah. Like, <laughs> I always loved wood shop and woodworking. And some of my favorite channels on YouTube are just, like, people building things. Uh-huh. Like, some guy just, like, building a furniture. A beautiful coffee table. I don't know, some metalworking guy making a clock out of, like, bars of brass.
0: I'm gonna guess you live in a small apartment in Stockholm, so you've gotten a workshop to do that? Or <laughs> at least that's our case. I
1: have an extremely patient girlfriend that oh. I, I have like a corner of the apartment that is basically my little lab area.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: And it, it's not a big apartment, so it's it's a significant footprint of the apartment is dedicated yeah. to my weird interests, but um, she's very patient and uh, <laughs> we make it work.
0: That's very good. You're very lucky.
1: We're always talking about getting a bigger apartment, but we never do.
0: It's very difficult here, but that's the worst part is you want to have these little hobby rooms or little workshops yeah. and you know music areas but yeah. yeah you gotta find the room for it and it's it, it kills me when I go to the states and then people have rooms that they don't use they just like giant yeah. in rooms and it'll be like here, here's the living room for I don't know when the queen comes because yeah. nobody eats there you don't sit on the couch because it's, it's too nice Right, they keep the china in there I swear i think every single person i know has a living room that they don't use everybody sits in the kitchen or they go in the den with the tv and then i've met people who have oh this is my suitcase room this is the room where i just store my suitcases and it's so unfair
1: if you have a room for suitcases i think you have too much room
0: i feel like people over there do not understand how lucky they are half the
1: time i I've lived in some space-constrained spots in in Los Angeles just because rent is expensive there. Yes. Um, But here it just takes it to a whole other level in that I I literally don't have room for anything I, I don't use actively. I think it's good, though. I think in some ways it's like you have less stuff, but then you can have better stuff and you can surround yourself with nicer things.
0: And actually things that you need. And if you're not going to use Mm -hmm. anything, it's a lot easier to give it to somebody else or give it to be resold instead of just letting it waste away and collect dust somewhere.
1: Yeah. Block kit is my friend.
0: Do you make your own music or do you just kind of play around?
1: I do. But honestly, the more I work in this industry of musical instruments and studio stuff and recording tools, like the less I actually use them to do creative stuff. It's actually... (laughs) i'm not alone either this is a common like meme in in our industry that the deeper you get into like products and product development and design and engineering stuff like the less energy and patience you have to actually come home and sit there and use the same tools to make music
0: but you're also an amateur filmmaker
1: a little bit that's sort of my my passion now is Uh um when i started this youtube channel i literally Didn't spend any money. I had this this cheap old camera that shot video So I just started working on that and when things started going pretty okay. I felt like, okay, there's an audience. People seem to like what I'm doing. I, I started stepping it up and I got a, a nice camera from Sony. Uh, I got a bunch of microphones and a lighting little setup so that I can light the stuff properly. It sort of turned into a thing. I, I really enjoy the storytelling. It's, it's
0: nice to discover that. Yeah. Actually use your hobby and then it turns into something that other people like as well.
1: Kind of, yeah. The, the thing that I get a kick out of is that, especially with YouTube, if, if you find something interesting and you present that story in a good way, other people are, are going to find it interesting too. It's not like I'm trying to make TV for like public television or like NBC or something. Right, yeah, it's, like it doesn't a certain have niche. to like hit millions of people. Otherwise it's not worth the, the money. It's It's me, my little camera and hours of my time. But if I do a good job, like thousands of people will watch that thing and learn something from it. And I think that's... That's kind of cool. I yeah, think it's definitely.
0: A... Does your YouTube channel have the same name as your company?
1: No. <laughs> Strange Science, I, I do make the videos for Strange Science as well. That is something that I do. But um, my my hobby channel is just called Leo Makes.
0: Leo Makes.
1: Yeah, so if you go to leomakes.com or YouTube slash Leo Makes, uh, all one word, no spaces, dashes, or anything like that, that's where my videos are. And that, those are the ones where like, I think people are getting a huge kick out of it. My biggest video so far was I, I had leftover parts from Ikea, and I built this, like, uh, reverberation plate thing. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, the people might get a kick out of this. And then I I posted it, and then, like, it took a few days. In the beginning, it was like I was getting a lot of positive comments. And then the next morning, I woke up and looked at the stats, and I, I did, like, a double take. Because it's <laughs> like, wait, I, what? Like, that can't be right. <laughs> And then the numbers just kept climbing and climbing. And it's like 160,000 views now. Oh. <laughs> it's just like, wait, what?
0: But you never know what people are going to click on. It's, it's, you know, yeah. some people are just the craziest things. And then everyone just goes nuts for it.
1: I think people got a kick out of it because it's like this weird, hacky, like, DIY project that you can do at home. And, you know, it actually sounds pretty cool. And uh, you can use it in your own music.
0: And very Swedish to tie around the IKEA leftover parts. Yeah,
1: it was, it, it couldn't have worked out better. <laughs> I'm in the right country for it right
0: yeah definitely (laughs) what about swedish how how have you done with that
1: uh i yeah i (laughs) can i am not completely fluent in swedish it's been um to be honest it's been a bit of a struggle because i swedish people are really polite and Mm Anytime I'm struggling to find a word or like I'm struggling to communicate an idea in Swedish, it's so easy to switch to English that we end up sort of defaulting to English. And so like it, it it's difficult to... Just stay on Swedish and force myself to.
0: It's when you know that you can fall back if you have to. I yeah. think people from other countries with other languages often do a lot better at learning Swedish because they're forced to. Mm-hmm. If you can't say what you want to say, then you're stuck. You're yeah. not going to get that piece of chicken. You're not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. not going get to get the thing. book you were looking for. Yeah,
1: totally. Yeah. I studied French in college for like a year. And then I did a big backpacking trip around uh, France. And Ooh. well, around Europe, and I'd spent part of that in France. And honestly, by the end of that trip, I felt like my French was starting to get pretty good. Just because if you're in parts of Paris or, you know, outside of Paris, especially you're kind of having to learn French. Otherwise, you're not going to be communicating of course, with many yeah. people.
0: When I first moved over to Europe, uh, we were in Paris on vacation, mm-hmm. and my husband got sick, mm-hmm. and I had to go to the pharmacy to try to get him some medicine. I don't remember what it was for. No one in the pharmacy spoke English, right. but it was hilarious to get my message across of what I needed. I don't remember if it was for stomach or, or head right. or fever, because somebody in the line would know a, f- a few words, and then somebody... <laughs> I think I think, like, three people in line, everybody was very nice, yeah. but people only knew a few words, and one would figure out, oh, a fever, fever, they need right. something for a fever, <laughs> and the other one would, would know the word for, like, which part of a headache or stomach. And right. Yeah, between, like, four people, I finally got the medicine so, so that like I needed. a team needed. effort to get,
1: to get the medicine.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it is important to yeah. know the language, <laughs> especially if you can't fall back on anything. Yeah.
1: It's, it's different now. I mean, like, I do a lot of traveling around Europe now, mm-hmm. and... It seems like, particularly with the younger generation, like everyone speaks English and everyone speaks good English too. Like not a little bit here and there, broken bits and pieces, but solid English. I I understand everything that's being said. It's kind of humbling, to be honest. Like, uh, like you go and there's a person that speaks their own language, probably other languages and mm. English.
0: Yes, but I I do say on the flip side of that, being from the states, mm-hmm. we're not that exposed to other languages. It's you oh. know Spanish we we do hear a lot of, and mm-hmm. we have a lot of Spanish speakers. But other than that, we don't travel that much outside of our own country. But it's so large and expensive to go to other places. Right. Whereas in Europe, you've got so many countries, it's so easy to travel with so many different languages you mix more with people yeah and so i I think it it is important to learn more languages and to really get it down and they start a lot earlier and for me going to high school starting spanish i was 14 15 and that's i I think that's
1: yeah i think i think that's way too late Mm -hmm. i mean like i said i have family in denmark and as i recall the their kids start learning a second language usually english at like Third grade, fourth grade, something like that. Like you're already learning a second language and. By the time you hit 14, 15, you might be learning a third language. I mean...
0: Oh, yeah. My, my children, the, when public schools... So they're bilingual, of course, but mm-hmm. just in the general public school classes, it was around first grade when they started mm-hmm. introducing English to all the kids. Right. And then uh, now they've changed the law a bit on the next foreign language, and it was seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And now uh, they're switching it to sixth grade, where you can pick... And their school, you can pick between German, French, and Spanish. Yeah. I guess it depends on who you have to teach it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's really good. I think um, Mm -hmm. learning other languages is, honestly, it's more important than biology, like... I don't need... I could use, like, a foreign language a lot more than knowledge of a mitochondria, you know, yeah. like, you know, the power center <laughs> of a cell. Like, that's, that's very interesting, but I'm, I'm not likely to use that tidbit of information. I'll
0: Google it if I need it.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, like, being able to connect with some other human being in, in their language mm-hmm. in a foreign country, like, that's a, that's a real thing. I think being able to think in other languages is, is, is pretty important. Not just communicate ideas, but you think differently when you start switching like your brain to like process in the way this other person's thinking about stuff.
0: I think when you learn, like when I started learning Swedish and a lot of other people have told me that, you Mm. know, you've gotten past a certain point when you start dreaming in that language and Uh when you can have thoughts in that language and suddenly realize, oh, I was thinking and it was a very long process for me it right. didn't happen right away right but occasionally it happens and i'm so happy if i read a sign or a newspaper article and then i go somewhere and then i actually can't remember was that in english or in swedish right and it's kind of a good feeling to to think that you know hey wow. it was okay. so smooth that i didn't even realize which one it was yeah not all the time how about <laughs> that sometimes cool but it took many many years to yeah. get to that point because i'm terrible with languages.
1: Yeah, me too. I really struggle with languages. So mm-hmm. it's it's not my it's not my forte. And
0: it's terrible because i wish i was good. I love other languages. It's something i wish it was one of my superpowers that i could speak yeah. any language when i go somewhere.
1: Yeah. I have family members that just pick stuff up like <sighs> literally in months they're, you know, they'll go work somewhere for a while and then They'll come back, like, being able to speak the language at at least well enough to get by.
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm very jealous. How do you do that?
1: (laughs) How is that possible?
0: Some people have more of a knack for it than others, so we have to struggle harder. what i I often do is i give tips to people especially if they're kind of new to sweden okay is there anything that you would give a tip you live in stockholm Mm -hmm. so do you have anything especially for this time of year when it's you want to be indoors and it's kind of miserable outside
1: this time of year
0: you can say no you can say just no sit on a couch and watch netflix
1: no actually (laughs) no don't do that if it (laughs) My tip is if you're here, especially if you're living here, if you just moved here and it's a bright blue day, get outside. Like take five, ten minutes and get outside because that lack of sun, like it can be really dark here for long periods of time. And being stuck inside the house and not seeing the sun and it's gray, it can really like it can make you depressed. Yeah. So, um, So if it's like a... The sun is peeking out from behind the clouds. Just just go out there and enjoy it for 5, 10 minutes.
0: It's good to have light, and yeah, it is good to get out when the sun actually clears through the clouds in the winter, mm-hmm. but... You're not getting the vitamin D that you need from it because we're at the wrong angle. This Is that time right? Here. Yeah, that's uh, right. So, But it's good just for vision and maybe for mood yeah. to try to get a bit, but you're not getting what you need from it. Yeah, uh, yeah it's just something with the angle. So once about, I think it's mid-October to mid-April mm-hmm. that we're not getting what we need. Uh, and so
1: vitamin D pills or something if you, you need You better stock
0: or, up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, for me, honestly, I don't think it's a vitamin D thing as much as it is just psychologically it's good to get out of the house. Right. Um, and so I actually make it a point to get out of the house, catch the sun if I can, and, you know, at least have a cup of coffee somewhere. Swedes have a lot of, like, customs, and one of my absolute favorite ones is this this idea of fika. You, <laughs> you sit around, you have a cup of coffee, and something sweet. A little sweet bread and some sort of pastry, so- something, like... Some kind of nice, sweet thing and a coffee. Mm -hmm. And that is something, even if I leave Sweden, I think I will continue to do forever and ever because it's it's one of my favorite things.
0: And it's a little pick-me-up in the afternoon when you start winding down a bit. It's like about two or three o'clock. It's like, yeah, I think I'll have a coffee and a cinnamon bun now. Yeah. I was thinking of another tip that I enjoy this time of year that is very Mm -hmm. anti-winter living in Stockholm is all of the indoor pools, especially Uh. the ones that have something called adventure bath. Now, this is not as great as you get in the States. They're usually smaller. Mm -hmm. But if you if you look on the city website, they have all these city pools, a few private pools. Mm And if they say adventure bath, that means they have fun. I know the name is great, but (laughs) it means that they they usually have a water slide or two. They might have a bubble pool or some sort of fountain. It's just wonderful in the winter when you're just sick of the cold to go inside. Uh, If you have kids, it's Mm -hmm. even better. But you don't need to have kids Mm because water slides are awesome at any age. (laughs) But it's so cheap, too. It's uh, for adults. I think it's like 80 crowns generally with the city pools. Kids are like 40 crowns. If you have older kids like mine, you can send them on their own if they don't have anything to do for the day. You can say, hey, go go to the adventure bath down here. Here's 40 crowns. Have fun. Have a good day. (laughs) Yeah. And then they're getting exercise at the same time. Cool. But I was going to say some of the ones that I like that have good ones are Eric Stahl's It, Mm -hmm. which is at Skinstool. That one has two water slides. They also have two or three Olympic-sized pools, so you can also do your laps and some serious swimming if you want. Cool. And the best thing about almost all of these places in Sweden is that they have a sauna. Again, nothing fancy. It's just with the changing room. But when it's wintertime, you can go swimming. And then when you're done, you can go and sit in the sauna. And it's just something that feels really good when right. it's snowy outside. Yeah. <laughs> so Ericsfelsbottet is uh, one of the favorites. It also has a little outside section you can swim under and you end up in this little, it looks like a hot tub, but it's not yeah. outside where they keep the water temperature. So it looks great if you walk past the place. It Looks like everyone's having a great time because the steam's coming off, but that's just because it's so cold outside. Right, <laughs> the right, water temperature right. is like 29, yeah. I think. Yeah. And then uh, another fun one is Who's Be Bought It, uh-huh. which is near like Who's Be Shista. They also have two water slides and a lot of things to do. Tiraso has Aquarina. Mm-hmm one water slide i i judge everything by the number of water slides <laughs> number of water
1: slides means <laughs> it's the most important thing
0: yeah and then there's one in cetetalia that i haven't been to But it's supposed to be really good and a little bigger, and it's seed pooling, I think. But, I mean, you can look these up. And then even in our neighborhood, there's often smaller pools somewhere near where you live, which are just regular swimming pools. But they'll often have an hour or two that's like free play for kids if Mm -hmm. you want to send them. And, again, that's like 20 crowns. So then if you need to get some work done at home, you can go, hey, kids, here's 20 crowns. Have a good time. So that would be one of my winter tips for, like, anti-winter.
1: What else do I have? I, I'm not really into the winter sports so much. I mean, I grew up in Southern California. So, like, skiing, and I've tried skiing and snowboarding several times. I'm uh-huh. not particularly good at those things.
0: I've never tried. Um, and I think I'm getting a li- If I can't stay on a bicycle, then I don't think winter sports are for me. <laughs>
1: yeah, maybe ma- master the bike first and then, uh, yeah. and then try to move on to <laughs> other things. One thing I discovered here, I think it's a good sport activity for uh, the winter, and I discovered this one after I'd moved here, is rock climbing. Um, there oh, is an yes. excellent indoor rock climbing gym at telephone uh, Telefonplan.
0: I've heard of that one.
1: So it's called Klata Centret, Climbing Center, Mm -hmm. and it is really good. They have other locations that I have not been to. I know
0: there's at least two. There's
1: one in Solna, and I think they just opened one in Alcala as well.
0: Well, that's kind of fun, but about how much does it cost and how much time do you get?
1: Ah, boy. Just an
0: estimation.
1: I have a monthly pass because I go once, sometimes twice a week, Mm -hmm. and I think it's 400 crowns a month or something.
0: That's not bad especially it's if you're not using bad. it all the time.
1: If you go, you can get like a clip court as they call it so mm-hmm. you can get like 10 passes and then they they charge you each time. But that one gets more pricey. I think that's like <laughs> 120 every time you go. So okay that's fine if you're just like occasionally going or you just want to try it out a few times and see how you like it
0: well and i'm sure you can just go once too just to check it out or do a fun activity
1: absolutely you can go once they can rent you shoes and you can just try the bouldering you don't need any kind of harness or safety stuff if you're doing the bouldering because the boulders are only like two or three meters up and there's plenty of padding
0: Oh, okay. That's
1: nice. <laughs> so like, yeah. And you see people with kids and experienced climbers and parents with small kids and everybody's climbing and it's fun. It's a very good way of staying fit. Um, yes. It's indoors. So you're not out in the freezing cold. <laughs> and it's hard, but it's fun. Your Swedish coffee is stupidly strong. Like, I don't know how... Yes. It, it's the same beans, and I guess they roast it the same way as everywhere else, but somehow...
0: There's something different. It is so different than the U.S. It's one of those things that I bring back when I go and visit people in the U.S. that they yeah. request every time, please bring us some Swedish coffee. They don't even care what the brand is. Stuff is it's, like jet fuel. <laughs> it must. Yeah, it must be something in the roasting process is, is all I can figure. That's something I need to look up. Yeah. But I never liked coffee in the States. I started drinking coffee here because you just end up doing that after Me a while too. because yeah. everybody does
1: yeah i <laughs> needed to get through the dark days in the when the winter
0: yes yeah but it's it's really uh, rich and full and i've noticed yeah. when i go back i've tried to get coffee over there and no it's very very watery very flat i mean totally. i'm sure you can get different kinds but i never find anything that's quite good enough
1: yeah with the swedish coffee yeah, usually two cups is enough and oh then, yes then <laughs> i have to switch to tea or some other like less uh less explosive uh caffeinated thing but or you're
0: um, up the entire night <laughs> yeah
1: otherwise you'll be shaking and jittery and full of anxiety so yeah it's not good. but it's
0: good stuff so it anybody who visits or if you're living here and you really haven't tried it yet just try some get a latte it's it's really good it's not what you think of
1: back yeah. home besides that i don't know if i have much else I guess that's it. I hope this has been good.
0: Of course this has been good. This has been an
1: interesting discussion.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for being on. You're very welcome. And good luck with the uh, YouTube channel and the music building and the rock climbing. Yeah. It's
1: exciting. (laughs) Yeah. We'll see how it goes.
0: Thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye.